0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams. In this episode, we're excited to be joined by Jennifer Dunlap, President and CEO at DRI Waterstone Human Capital. After spending decades as a senior executive in premier nonprofit organizations, Jennifer was convinced that the sector needed a dedicated and proven partner that could build capacity for organizations who work is too important to fail. Today, we'll be examining the talent landscape of nonprofit and social impact executive recruiting in 2023. Jennifer, it's an important topic. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here, and I really appreciate you focusing on this area.
0: Oh, it's it's my pleasure, and and let's dive right in because, as I said, this is important stuff. So, Jennifer, what trends do you see emerging in the nonprofit and social impact sectors with regards to executive recruiting in 2023?
1: So Rob I think there are there are several things. Um 2023 is uh, going to be a very interesting year as were 2020, 2021 and 2022. Um and I think the uh impact of the the pandemic and how um nonprofits had to be agile and shift to meet both the needs of their of uh, people they serve as well as their employees um, has changed the uh, industry significantly going forward. And I think one of the uh, biggest things and one of the things that uh, DRI Waterstone has always focused on is at the end of the day, it comes down to mission and purpose, right? And we are both, we, DRI Waterstone, are about working with mission and purpose-driven organizations to recruit mission and purpose-driven candidates. And I think that is really during COVID, we saw people just got it done. They put their heads down. They did the work that needed to be done. They served the people they needed to serve. And, and that was because they were um, mission and purpose driven. So some of the trends that we see in addition to that that have come out of this is I do think that uh, candidates are very attuned to wanting to work with organizations that they can be passionate about and that the work they do is important to them personally. Mm -hmm. And recruiters have to make that match um, because it is not one size fits all. That's for sure. I think second is that funders came to realize something they've known all along, but is that talent matters. And if you don't, if you aren't, if the funds you're providing to an organization, if the organization does not have the talent they need, to deliver on the mission of the organization, then that investment is not going to be as uh, impactful as it could be. So I think funders are becoming much more attuned to who who is the talent in these organizations we're supporting. And I also think they're realizing that unlike um, in the past, when when funders said, you know let's just get people as cheaply as we can they understand that we need to pay for the talent to to do the work that needs to be the important work that needs to be done so i think that is a shift that i've seen that's come out of covid i also think that another trend is really related to you know uh, it's not really a trend it is a reality it is core and that is diversity equity and inclusion and nonprofits all of our clients have taken it very seriously. They've they've um, you know recruited chief diversity officers. They've put diversity committees in place. They've really looked across the spectrum and are looking at diversity as a horizontal, not a vertical. Mm-hmm. So that it's not just in talent recruitment, it's across organizations. It's in their talent, it's in their vendors, it's in whom they're serving. You know, all of that kind of diversity is important. And they're also expanding their definition of diversity to not just be racial or gender, but also age, geography, you know, all kinds of diversity that they can bring into their organization to make them stronger. So that is just now a core fundamental to every search that we do and every recruitment that a company does is what additional diversity do we need to bring into our organization. And then I would say the last piece is that nonprofits are for a long time were just in time hires, right? They had you know, someone leave and they needed to fill the position. They're now becoming much more strategic and thinking out three to five years to think about what are we going to look like? What is the talent we're going to need and how we can we begin de- today to put a plan in place and strategically start recruitment so that when we're ready to hire, we know who we're going to.
0: Interesting. A lot of good stuff in that answer. Uh Given the increased competition for top talent in the nonprofit and social impact sectors, what do you think organizations need to do differently in 2023 to stand out to potential executive candidates?
1: So organizations need to think holistically about the candidates they're trying to attract and therefore what is the persona as an employer they want to put out there. So they really need to understand who they're going to be recruiting, where they're going to be recruiting them, and what's really going to appeal to them and stand out to them. And part of those things, Will, as we mentioned before, is do we have the right employer brand? Do people see us as an important purpose and mission-driven organization that they want to work for? Are we seen as an organization with a good culture that people want to be a part of? Uh, are we seen as an organization that provides um, learning opportunities, professional development opportunities? So it's not a place where people come, they work for three years, and then they go somewhere else, that they come in, and we are committed to um, keeping them for a long time and moving them through and expanding their roles within the organization. And I also think that the compensation piece is important and that nonprofits need to become more aware of uh, the different types of compensation models that they should be considering and ones that allow for flexibility and rewarding of high performance.
0: Mm. With a growing focus on impact measurement and outcomes in the nonprofit and social impact space, how do you see executive recruiting shifting to prioritize candidates with a strong track record of driving measurable change and delivering results.
1: So, you know, it's interesting, Rob. I started my career as a fundraiser, so I was a fundraiser for 25 years before I started the firm. And so when we first uh, started DRI, what was then DRI that has become DRI Waterstone, we were recruiting fundraisers. And fundraisers are always about, can they raise the money? Can they deliver? It's a very measurable piece. Sure. As we expanded you know, over the years to all parts of the nonprofit sector, boards, C-suite, president, executive, that um, sometimes organizations are a little bit unclear as to how they're going to measure success. Nonprofits have always talked about impact and they've talked about outcomes, but they, um, they have not always had the funds from the funders, and I keep coming back to the funders, who for a long time asphyxiated nonprofits. They would only pay so much. So perhaps they couldn't attract the, the top talent that they really needed to do, the have the impact they really wanted to have. Mm-hmm. I think that's changing. I think funders are realizing that that's not been a good strategy and that they really need um, to have people in the nonprofits who are going to deliver results on a consistent, sustained basis. So as a recruiter, I'm looking for track record. Obviously, I'm looking at, you know, at the last one, two, three places, what was actually accomplished? Not did they just work there? What happened to the organization while they were there? What transformation did they bring? What are the real numbers? And you have to understand the nonprofit sector to be able to really analyze that when you're looking not only at a resume, but you got to look at the organizations too. And I think that's what our clients um, really respect about DRI Waterstone is that we bring that clear ability to be able to evaluate what was the actual results, not just how many years did they put in.
0: Mm. Uh, Given the, the ongoing talent shortage in the nonprofit sector, what steps can organizations take to build pipelines of potential executive candidates, both internally and externally?
1: So this is actually one of my favorite uh, soap boxes, Rob.
0: <laughs> All right, here we go.
1: I, I believe there was a time when the nonprofit sector grew their own, if you will. They would hire young, talented people who were committed to the mission, could write, could build relationships internally and they would teach them to do everything. Yeah. And that's what they need to do today. Somehow we shifted to, well, let's, instead of growing our own, let's just hire from the outside. And I actually think that has um, hampered our nonprofits. I mean, I worked for CARE International for uh, 11 years. Started as a major gift officer, left as the vice president of development.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That would, didn't just happen. That organization invested in me, trained me and helped my career develop and and kept me engaged. That's the first thing that I think nonprofits need to do is really think about playing the long game with talent and thinking about, all right, we have we have to constantly bring in new talent to the organization and train them up. That also allows you to diversify, have a diversification plan with the organization because you can hire a lot of great talented folks um, and not just uh, bring folks in from the outside. Sure. I think the other piece is that, um, as I mentioned before, you really have to have a formal recruitment strategy and think about, again, your employer brand and how you wanna be seen in the marketplace, how you're gonna get visible in the marketplace And how you're going, how is your organization viewed by the external world? Does it have the right culture? Does it have the right engagement? Because you are competing for great talent. Mm -hmm. And there are so many nonprofits now doing such great work. Um, People can find their place, but how they're engaged, retained, supported will make the difference uh, moving forward.
0: That's a wonderful answer. Wow. There's, there, I love that soapbox. <laughs> Hold on to that one for sure. Jennifer, with remote work becoming more prevalent in the wake of the pandemic, how has the recruitment process for nonprofit and social impact executive positions changed? And what challenges has this posed?
1: So it's interesting. You're right. It has been uh, both a blessing and a curse. All right. So on the one side, it has allowed searches to move faster because, you know, I no longer have to fly to Chicago and meet someone at O'Hare airport. Right. I can actually get to candidates faster um, because we can do zoom. Most of them are working from home uh, still. So having a, a conversation with someone during the day is not as difficult as it would have been when they had to leave the office and all of those things. I also think it's made it easier for search committees So particularly uh, when we're doing searches for presidents and CEOs or for board members, we, you know, you're dealing with volunteer leadership and being able to do things remotely has allowed us to pull groups together much more quickly on a more regular basis. And all of that is really important to a solid, successful search process. I would say on the other side, it's that Candidates have a real expectation of flexibility, and a real expectation. There are some folks who don't even want to go back to an office. Yeah, right. That's true. And so, organizations are are trying to figure that out. You know, I, I have clients who their entire senior leadership during COVID moved to another state. Right, and so they don't want to come back to where they are, and then the young yeah. people are being told to go to the office, and they're like, "Well, what are we going to the office for? We're just going to the office to be on Zooms, right?" <laughs> so that whole piece has to get figured out, and it's not figured out yet. No, most people want a hybrid environment, but what's missing because of that is that um, that office camaraderie collegiality and informal mentoring that used to happen when you had uh, a diverse workforce uh, together in an office, Mm -hmm. it's much more transactional now and less relationship-based. And, you know, for boomers like me, we miss that, (laughs) right? That was an important part of the office in our culture and how we grew up. Sure. Sure. Um, and I think the the younger workforce is missing out, and they don't even realize it yet.
0: Right, they don't.
1: Right? And I think that that um, we have traded that for more flexibility, and somehow we've got to find a balance.
0: Yes, yeah, the sweet spot, um,
1: the sweet spot that's going to to um, you know have us all feel that we've got both of those things, and you know, Mackenzie recently did a study where, you know, 80% of the workforce wants a hybrid model. Okay. We know that, right. Right. We've also known, we also now know it works. You can make it work.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The question is how long can you make it work? And I don't think, you know, there are companies that have always been remote, but somehow they figured out that other relationship piece. And I think that's what organizations really have to do. So, It accelerated the search process. It allows us to engage more people. It allows us to um, uh, involve candidates in a search who we may not have before. I actually just think it's the retention and how people are grown and developed once they're in the organization um, that we've got to pay some more attention to.
0: Mm. So help me wrap this up. Anything you'd like to add? and, And let's kind of tie everything up in a ribbon if we can.
1: The nonprofit sector and the social impact sector, because I believe what's happened and as we've moved into that is we've now worked with companies who want to recruit folks who are purpose and mission driven. Mm-hmm. Right. So we work with Finca companies or we work with environmental organization or clean energy. These are organizations that their employees feel they have a purpose and a mission. So I think that is exciting that there are more opportunities across a broader spectrum for folks who are purpose and mission driven. I think that uh, we also are in a time where there is high competition for talent and there are many opportunities for organizations to distinguish themselves as a place where top talent wants to be. And they need to do that through purpose and mission culture, growth, retention, all of that has to become even more important than it's been in the past. And the last piece is I think that we can look at technology as a friend and we don't have to be afraid of it. We've just got to be able to use it in a way that allows us to continue to build relationships and not just become transactional.
0: A lot of wonderful wisdom uh, and knowledge from you, Jennifer. It's really, this This has been great and I, I really appreciate your time today.
1: Thanks, Rob. My pleasure. Anytime.
0: Oh, it's been a lot. It's been wonderful. Jennifer, thank you again for joining the show today. And. I hope that this podcast provides our listeners with a strong understanding of the emerging trends in the nonprofit and social impact executive recruiting space. And, of course, we wish you and DRI Waterstone Human Capital continued success, and we hope to host you on future podcasts and at conferences as well. That's all the time we have here today. Alongside Jennifer Dunlap of DRI Waterstone Human Capital, I'm Rob Adams, and this has been Talent Talks.